an Arsenal podcast with me, Steve. And as ever, I'm joined by Chipperham's finest, Calvin. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm not doing too bad, Steve. How are you doing? I'm all good, mate. How are you finding the lockdown life? Where do I start? Um, probably like most. A bit tedious at times. There's elements of it I thoroughly enjoy, to be honest with you. Um, but also, there's a lot of it which is, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bit boring from, from time to time. But other than that, I can't have too many complaints, to be honest. No, absolutely. Thank God for the football. Let's just jump straight into it. Newcastle on Saturday night in the FA Cup for third round. Two to the Arsenal. What are your thoughts on on, uh, on the game? Hardly the most entertaining cup tie um, we've seen uh, in recent years from an Arsenal perspective. I mean, even when you look at you know the the lineup and stuff like that, there wasn't much you could really argue with too much, other than the obvious one, which. You know, speaking with hindsight now after the Palace game, um, few doubts over why Kieran Tierney started the game uh, against Newcastle. But look, we can come on to that later on. The FA Cup for me is, is it's nice. Would love to win it. You've offered me, you know, if you could offer me European qualification over an FA Cup, I would take that. Um, I just think there's a bit more value in it as the, the club tries to rebuild for the future uh, than just winning a short term uh, or just winning the trophy and obviously papering over those cracks, which we've done far too often. But you know, I think it was good. Um, it's always great to to go through, and you know, um, we didn't want it to go to extra time. Obviously, I'm sure you'll probably agree with that. You know, it's always a job you want to get done in 90 minutes to to save the legs. Again, I did enjoy Pablo Marie's performance throughout the game. I mean, not to go into too much detail on it, but there was one one part in the first half which I really liked, and it kind of ties in with a lot of the stuff that I I speak to you about, and that's taking risks and not not playing the easy ball and taking the easy road. Uh, and being comfortable at Arsenal in your career, which a lot of players do. Uh, and it, it really stood out for me. So the, the ball was kind of being played down in, in our left-hand channel and it's coming to his area. And David Luiz is basically shouting and directing him to to fully play it back all the way to, to Leno. And instead, he does a real smart turn, um, ignores David Luiz, and then he played a lovely ball down the channel, which set up an attack, which we did nearly score from. Now, look, it's, it's a little bit distant in the memory, but I just particularly remember Pepe, um, who, who probably should have scored. He didn't get the chance to because uh, Nelson actually took, I don't know if we were texting about this during the game, and Nelson took the, the opportunity kind of off his toes after some good work from, from Tierney. But it's those little moments that I'm kind of looking for in those games, is who's who's willing to, to take the risk, right? I'm, I'm, we're all bored of watching the, the horseshoe-shaped football and the, a lot of our players taking the easy option. I felt like that a little bit last night as well. But what did you make of the the new Newcastle game? I know it's nearly a week ago at this point, but is there anything you you wanted to, to kind of touch touch on as well? Pretty much a non-event for me. I just want to touch upon your your Kieran Tierney point because I, I have no problem playing him in the FA Cup game. It, listen, it's easy for us to criticise that decision once he gets injured for the Newcastle um, for the Palace game, but 100%. the the odds of that happening are small. You know, nine times out of ten, he plays he plays both games and no one batters an eye. So mm. I, I wouldn't, I don't think it's really fair to, to criticise that decision. It's just sometimes, no, no. you know, these things go against you. But, yeah, but, no, but as, as, as for the game, I thought it was pretty, it was, I really like the FA Cup. Um, we spoke about it on here several times before. Yeah. But it was, it, it just seemed like we were going for the motions and no one looked particularly that bothered. It was just very flat and very poor. And I felt like I was sort of in autopilot watching the game. I was sort mm. of doing other things out, coming out in and out of the living room which yeah, never happens when I watch the Arsenal that's it, when you know it's a poor game when your attention starts waning elsewhere and you might start flicking through your phone more than you usually would 
how I kind of look at it is how would I watch a neutral game on TV? Do you know what I mean? And when you watch a neutral game, you're not as invested as you would be when Arsenal on the telly. Uh, you, your attention will naturally go to somewhere else and maybe you'll have a quick scroll of some social media. That rarely happens yeah. to me when I'm watching an Arsenal game. But I, I, you're right, it did. It did when I was watching that Newcastle game and it did a little bit yesterday as well. Um, I agree with your, your Kieran Tierney point as well. I think you're right. If, you know, hindsight's a, a magical thing. We, you, you know, we speak in hindsight so much as football fans. And nine times out of ten, you're right. He he comes through that game unscathed, plays against um, plays against Palace and all as well. Um, sometimes you can't help but think, where should the focus really be? And that's kind of where my, not criticism as such, but my concern um, came from was we should, and look, I love winning the FA Cup as much as any other fan, but I just think for the overall rate of good of the club, I'd just like us to go and push on and get whether that's Europa League money. I think Champions League money is uh, very unrealistic, but Europa League money would help us still. Um, and I prefer that over winning the FA Cup again. That's again, look, that's just my personal see, opinion. See, I love um, how we've gone from Kieran Tierney playing in the team to Champions League money. <laughs> That's no, the level you can take us to with, with just, you know, the smallest of, of changes to the lineup. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I don't think that's overly realistic, but, you know, Europa League money is possible. Um, it's on the table. And look, the FA Cup's a route back to that as well. Don't get me wrong. Um, I mean, listen, I agree with what you're saying. I, I just don't think hmm. it's, I don't really know why it's a discussion. I just think, well, he played and unfortunately he picked up an injury tonight. And reg- hmm. regardless of whether he played on Saturday night, he might have got injured anyway, so... It, training, for, yeah, for me, it just seems a bit redundant and just another uh, excuse to pick faults in in the system. But it's definitely screamed that we need backup for, for Kieran Tierney, for sure. We have nothing there. Other than Saka, who can slot back in there, but I think Saka's so good going forward, I wouldn't want to bring him to a left-back position, would you? Or would you mind doing that, actually? Just I mean, the thing is with that, what do you want? Do you want players like Kalasnach out the door or, or do you want to keep them as backup so you kind of it both ways I think you just have to be adjustable and flexible um, mm. we've got a 72 million pound man who mm. plays on, on the right Pe- Saka can go to the left and Pepe should be able to slot in on the right and do a job Good that's another conversation for later so <laughs> yeah, I don't, we'll come re- I don't, I don't really agree with this we need backup in every position you don't need not every you, position you do to a degree but you know we'll come to Palace after that in a minute but I think people are just looking and are scrutinising anything they can. And it, I just think it's, to be honest, I just sort of switch off from it. Oh, I think it's it's mm. a bit redundant. It, it's almost like, like last night, um, people talk about mm. we missed Kieran Tierney, which we did. We missed him a lot. But really, we shouldn't be missing him that much from a creative sense. He's a left back. 100%. We've mm. got so many attacking players. It's embarrassing. I mean, it's true. We did miss him in, in, in that creative aspect. But to talk yeah, about it like we're doing, you wouldn't get Liverpool saying, you know, Oh, we missed. We didn't have um, Robertson at, at fullback tonight. Oh God, we couldn't score a goal. We couldn't create anything. It's 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 it annoys me so much that we're talking about it. It's true, but it's also like, yeah, it's really that, 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 there's deeper issues in Kitty not being in the team. If we can't create anything, it's not because our fullback is in the squad. I 100% agree with what you're saying, but the difference between ourselves and Liverpool is the attacking quality they have. No, of if course, you take those look, fullbacks out. But my only concern, I'm, used, I'm around... using that as an example. It's an example. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. take any fullback in the league. My only my only concern is it's the work rate because Tierney's just I've not, I haven't seen us have a fullback who is just up and down as much as that chap, and I think with the modern day fullbacks they are up and down that line 
and he'll do it more than anybody. I'm Christ, how many times did we see it in the West Brom game? We saw it in the for the Aubameyang goal against Newcastle. Um, the guy just does not stop running when he's on the pitch, and it's it's magic to see for us as fans. I love it. it I think and that's just you have to manage it a little bit better if that's the kind of player he is. Uh, and I think you know Robertson's very similar to him, obviously. Um, Going back to the game, one, one thing that I thought um, it, it was a big opportunity for Willian and Pepe to step mm. up. Um, and both went missing again. Not just those guys. There were a few senior players. And I felt like, I think you'd agree with this, we, we were bailed out again by our uh, young kids. I hate saying that, the young kids. The kids yeah. bailed us out. But we were. Yeah. Uh, they came on. They changed the game. Uh, Lacazette yeah. came on and That's did so did a job. I uh, thought Xhaka was very good as well. Saka. Mm-hmm. Um, Still with a lovely finish. I've never. That's the first time I've ever seen it. Uh, a player being sent off and score a winning goal. Incredible. Yeah, and it was. It was such like such a ride of emotions, wasn't it? Because as soon as like when you see it happen in real time and you hear the scream and you think, "Oh, here we go," you don't really have an opinion at that point because, like anything, you want to see the replay. And it's the first replay I saw. It was straight away. That's never a red card. Um, let's be honest. It was barely even a yellow. I don't even think it was a yellow. It was the scream that did that. It was yeah, dramatic, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, but look, it was great for him to, you know, that's the one aspect of VAR that I like. When you actually see a wrong decision overturned, that's what it's there for. The problem we have is all the other shit that comes with VAR. I, I don't <laughs> even think it was, <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree with that. I don't actually think it was even a yellow card, though, because he's falling no, away. No, I agree. That's what Yeah, I see. Um, yeah, he's yeah, falling yeah. away. He's just stretching a leg, like he's stretching a pointed ballet toe to try and get a you know something on the ball. He's, he hasn't even touched the guy. To be honest with it. so, yeah, it's embarrassing on his part. But look, you know, justice prevailed. The decision got overturned. Happy days, and he goes on to to score the first of the you know the two goals. So great. It's also, it it's also worth noting noting um, Leno's saves because he he's, he kept us in that game moments before the the the, the Emil Smith incident. He made that incredible save for Mandy Carroll. Oh, nearly got his head taken off. <laughs> yeah, it's that, it's that, it's that it is, you, you know, with two good saves. Um, but it's the second one, which is just incredibly impressive. It's the the agility and the, you know, the the reaction to be able to just get yourself back up and then just, you know, that claw, like he claws the ball up from under Andy Carroll's feet. As you say, you could have got his head taken off. You can get an arm broken there. You can get an elbow dislocated. You get anything in that sort of no, in that sort of situation. So his bravery and the way in which he did it, and then obviously clings onto it. Ah, I mean, look, you can't help but um, you know the way he's actually playing at the minute's fantastic. Um, we'll come on to him again because I thought you know he was good again last night. He's doing great. I, ne- I never felt like we were going to lose that game. To be honest, apart from a few moments of madness, we always look pretty much in control. I felt like the Palace and, and Newcastle game were very similar in that sense. We sort of very similar. dominated the play, had all the possession, but we just couldn't do anything with it. Um, yes, exactly. One one final thing on Newcastle, I was a little bit, mm. I was expecting more of a, of a, of a performance from Willick and, and Nelson. Yeah. We often say as Arsenal fans, these players don't get a chance. Do you, do you think it's too, they're too young to sort of say, you know what, it isn't working? Or do you sort of persevere and say, we need to give it more time? Hard one. We've spoken about this. I know on on previous pods, and obviously I listened back to the podcast that you joined there with with Rocky and Gav, and I know this was something else that you spoke about. I, I still kind of stand with where I have for a while, um, and it comes back to 
we need to start wasting our time on players who we think might get us to the next level. From what I've seen, it's hard to judge Nelson, but there's you can't judge someone who's not had as many appearances. But the likes of Willock, whenever I see him play, you can see there's attributes to his game which are good, right? But are they the are they going to be of the sort of quality that's going to take Arsenal Football Club to the next to the levels that we want to get back to? Basically, that's what I'm trying to say. When you, when you look at the impact of Emil Smith Rowe, Martinelli, Saka. And yep. you look at the impact of Nelson and and, and and Willock. It's it's not even comparable. Like that's, that's exactly how you differentiate. It's yeah. so it miles apart. And you mm. can argue, uh, and this is very. And I, I wanted to talk about this as well. Like it, it, this is very true of Ainsley making Niles last night. People mm. say he's short on confidence and he, he's not getting much mm. game time. At the same time, it's like when you get thrust into that team and you get the opportunity, that is your moment mm-hmm. to shine. That is your moment to. You know, stake your case and say this is why I should be in the first team. <clears throat> and if and if you're putting in, you know, abject performances like that, then it's no surprise you're going to be back on the bench next week. The Andy Maitland-Niles one's weird, isn't it? Because you look back and you know he's basically one foot out the door at one point last summer. Um, Arteta said how much he wanted to keep him, and you know we haven't really seen him. And it is disappointing um, to see his performance there yesterday. But you know, back to the other guys, I think you're absolutely spot on. It's the case of you know Smith Rowe's younger than the two guys we just mentioned there, Nelson and, and Willock, I believe. Um, and you look at the difference he's had. That It, it goes back to the old, you know, the cliche saying is, you, you know, if you're good enough, you're old enough, in my opinion. Uh, and sometimes you're not good enough. And, and you're not good enough for football, but you're not good enough for the level that we want to try and reach. And if we keep, you know, trying to hang on to these guys, I just think sometimes we just, you need to just, you know, make a decision. Yeah, look at I it for agree. what it is. Take Absolutely. Take your 15, 20 million because, you know, Joe Willock should, you know, should get um, a decent transfer fee. Um, you know, he's got quite a lot of experience, a few goals, um, obviously mostly in Europa League or, or the, the League Cup. But this is where, you know, we need to get better. And it's letting go of assets and getting some monetary return, especially when it's academy players like these two. If you could get, you know, 30 to 40 million for them and reinvest in the areas you really need to, that's smart business then you let the next guys come through the academy. You do the same and you you know you just keep doing that over and over again and you let the ones through that you like, your Sackers, your Emil smith Rose. I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Sackers the only one who's really, really found himself um, in that starting 11 week in, week out. For me, smith Rose there or thereabouts, but it's a very small sample size we have with him. So not everybody that comes through Hale End is going to be an Arsenal legend, unfortunately. As much as that no. would be the Royal of the Rovers story that we'd all love, You've just got to be a bit more realistic and go, look, they're not good enough, unfortunately. I admire the effort. Um, but also, look, sometimes you do have to look at football as a business as much as we hate to. But if you want to start competing at you know the high level, you've got to get more ruthless and you've got to be smart with how you look after, treat your talent and actually move it on when it needs to be moved on and recognise the time to do so. So to simplify your answer for the listeners, you're saying sell <laughs> and get rid of. Yeah. Just, sell, just get rid of, you know. Round it up. Um, from watching the Newcastle game, they look like fish out of water. They just mm-hmm. were so off the pace. And like you said, yeah. we have to make a decision and maybe just cut our losses. So let's get on to last night's phenomenal nil-nil draw against Crystal Palace. Mm. What are your thoughts on, on, on the game? Can we just cut and paste what we just talked about with Newcastle and replace Newcastle with Palace? <laughs> um, no, I mean, look, it's a very, very similar game. Um, overall disappointing. I think that's the first word that springs to mind. Alice are 
unfortunately for us, our new bogey team. They're the new Bolton Wanderers, um, dare I say. Um, it was, yeah, it's just a tricky one. Um, you know, you asking me before, how did I feel? I felt fairly confident. All the while, obviously, having a nagging thought in your mind of, like, we can't stray away from the run that we had prior to the four wins in a, in a row. That's not long ago. That is still relatively the, you know, the same team. Um, so we, you can't, I think it's just an Arsenal thing. We always have these worries, right? Uh, and it was there for me, but yeah, I think, look, I, I expected us to win the game last night. Um, we both went for a win, didn't we, in the predictions? Yeah, we both went for a win uh, against Palace. Um, for sure. Maybe a bit of a reality check for us all last night. Still, though, we're at home. And I know we've got, I think it's something ridiculous, like one win in seven at home is our current form, which is frighteningly bad. And I know that's taken into consideration a lot of the, the that terrible run of form we went through before Christmas. I was going to ask you how you felt, Steve, actually, quickly there. I thought it was pretty much a carbon copy of the Newcastle game. We started both halves pretty well, high intensity, moving the ball well. There was a real lack of creativity again, void of ideas. I think there'll be a lot of Palace fans who are probably thinking we, we should have won that. And they'd be right in saying so because we had nothing really. Can you can you think of one clear-cut opportunity That's when we should have scored? You know, you look at the stats of the game, um, you know, 11 shots to 12. Um, 11 for us, 12 for Palace. But that's and not a fair reflection four. of the game because I don't think that really tells you a, a, a true tale. I really don't recall their keeper having to make any dramatic saves, uh, not to the point that, that Leno did. We just didn't seem like we were at the races. Maybe it, it's a fitness thing, fatigue. I'm not so sure. Just It just didn't mm. click. I don't think I can buy into it on this occasion, purely for the fact that we played Newcastle, was it Sunday? Saturday night. Sunday? Nearly Saturday five days. Well, there you go. There you go, yes. Yeah, and there true. were teams that did a turnaround and played, I think, Tuesday. So I don't, you know, we talked about it over Christmas. The fixture list has actually been pretty kind to us and we've had enough days rest in between most of our matches. It just didn't feel very organic last night. Um, what yeah. are your thoughts on, on the lineup? I mean, look, we, as we said at the start, I mean, there were a few things, obviously, a lot of it was last minute and we, I was kind of surprised not to see Tierney. Um, obviously, we'll find out as to what's actually going on with him, hopefully soon. Hopefully, it's nothing too serious. But the weird, the really strange one for me was David Louise coming back in, to be perfectly honest. I think when Gabrielle's back and Marie was missing for again, he was being rested as precaution. Did you um, see that rumour circulating that if he was playing, we would have mm, to pay a huge fee? Grand. I wonder how much truth yeah. in that. You know what? I don't know. I think a lot of these kind of rumours follow our club around. I've always had the... And again, this is, I'm going to mention this very quickly and you'll know why when I mention someone's name in a minute. But I had the same kind of thoughts around Mesut Ozil. I thought there must be some severe, severely large bonus in his contract for appearances. Look, if it's, I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me, that Murray rumour, because you think about it, if it's appearance related, it'll be to a certain period of time. Why would it be now? Why would it be the middle of January? No, that's true. It doesn't make sense. Um and he'll, he'll likely probably play within the next couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah I, I, yeah, I didn't buy into it too much, to be honest. For me, it was just the, the, the main concern for me or the main decision that was made was who came in. Um, and that was David Luiz, which, look, 
and again, in hindsight, didn't have a bad game last night. I thought he was pretty fine. Um, wasn't massively tested. But I would have liked to, again, have seen Gabrielle in there. I just... At times it was like memory boys because Palace mm. front line, they've got some big guys up there and mm. they were just sort of, it was like a hot knife free butter at times. We just couldn't get the ball off them. There, there was one time where mm. I think it was Tobias and Holden missed the tackle and, and Xhaka mm. came in with a really good tackle, right? It was right yes. for the goal. I don't think it was our best defensive display. There were a few moments in the second half, especially towards the end where they, they were on the counter attack and mm. we, we looked vulnerable. And I think if Palace had a bit more quality up front, I think yeah. they could have, easily won that game I have to agree um, well I think the thing that stands out for me when you look at our, our defensive performance it's you have to look at the, what the opposition do as well and it's what Palace were doing yesterday was exactly what I want us to do more frequently and that's break with pace it's how many times do we see and we spoke about it and he didn't do it yesterday um, but Granit Xhaka or whoever's there and then he take the extra touch, play the sideways ball or just play it backwards. Uh, when there's the opportunity for us to go and, um, you know, attack the space where where their defenders might not be in, in any particular match. And it's our transition from back to front can be so slow at times. And it's really frustrating to watch. Whereas what Palace will do is they'll just play, you know, they'll play the areas. Um, they'll go and, you know, they'll play the long ball into that back, you know, our right back position or our left back position, because they know they've got the pace of Zaha to go and chase that down. Um, you know, we should be able to do that with the likes of Obama and Saka. It's just getting into the opposition's, you know, final third um, before they've got the chance to set. And that's something that we allow teams to do all the time is get back into their positions, get organised. We let Palace do it so many times. I mean, I don't know how many times I saw us trying to get into the final third and then you're looking at that Palace team and they were just, it, everything looked so compact in their half. They were well we organised. kind of even looking at it, very well organised. But when you play against a team like that, you know full well that if you get an opportunity to break, you've got to take it or at least take the risk to try. Um, and that's just what we didn't do often enough. And you touched on it during the game. You said, when we do move the ball quickly, we look dangerous. And that's why. It's because you're not allowing them to, to get into their defensive positions. To You know, you think they would have been drilled this all week before this game. When you lose the ball, get back quick and get into your position. And if you allow them to do that, it's, it's any, teams in, you know, any team in the Premier League. If you allow them the chance to set, it's incredibly hard to break down. Yeah, I think for all our hard work in the opening you know 10 or 15 minutes I just felt like we, we reverted back to our ways it was very sideways I, there was a real sort of mix from Granit Xhaka you know he, he had a good game defensively going forward I, I, and I text you about this and, and David Luiz was guilty with this as well and there were mm. so many times where they were bringing the ball forward and you could see Aubameyang or Lacazette making the run and they yeah. just and they weren't picking them out and they were opting yep. for that, that slow sideways pass. It was so frustrating yeah. to watch. And I, I really felt like we, we turned the corner after Chelsea. And it just feels mm. like we've taken you know one step forward, 10 steps back. And I, I don't know whether that was a confidence thing or... This felt I, very flat. This this is a real reflection of this Arsenal team. We are, we are more of a mid-table team, unfortunately. Mm. I think, you know, on our day, we'll beat anyone. But, you know, over the course of the season, we aren't consistent enough. And there's too many Funny, times. Isn't it? Like, like you, just used the, you just used the phrase that I hate to use when I'm just, um, you know, explaining how a player is. Um, that's You said on, on our day, we can beat anybody. Um, and that's it's not great, is it? You want to, 
anybody on you know anybody can be anybody on their day um but you just 100 you just think of consistency we need more consistency i don't want us to use that phrase on our day we can be anybody i want us to go and just take the game to people I can't see anything but nine points on my next three. <laughs> so we're going to win every game for the rest of the season. This is going to go into every game. Here's the thing, right? Like I said this to you, like if we beat Newcastle, that's four wins out of five. Mm. Prior to Chelsea, if someone had said that to you, you'd have bitten their arm off for that. So yeah. it's not all doom and gloom. Listen, I think there are, oh God, I sound like that guy from Arsenal on TV, Mr. Positive. Um, there are yeah. some positives. Parties back in the team. Yeah. Um, Gabrielle's back. Tierney should be back for Newcastle. Martinelli should be back. So it was just yeah, one of those where you come out of it. You're just it was like, crap. Oh, you wanted to win it. You didn't win it. You're disappointed. We didn't play well. Um, but you it know, look all... back to your say about turning the corner. Right? We're still in the corner. Yeah. We haven't made it around the corner yet. We're still Absolutely. in it. I don't think we're completely out of it. You know, we're still in the middle of the corner. And I'd still, like you said, before che- you know, before that Chelsea game, if you said we'd win four out of our next five, I think we'd have all taken it, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, no, that's um, very true. So, yeah. I, I don't think, obviously, when these sort of games, uh, when these sort of results happen, people come out of the woodwork and criticise the manager again. I don't really think that's mm. necessarily needed. I don't think no. Arteta was really at fault for last night. I just think the players looked a little bit short on confidence. I feel like last night, sort of, we always knew what, what the Palace game would be like. It was going to be a low block from Palace. And it was a sort of game where you need someone like a Bamiyang to produce a moment of brilliance. And that's going to separate the two teams. And unfortunately, that's where we're at right now. The days of yeah, them rocking up and us brushing them aside three or four nil, those days have gone. So that's what we're missing right now. We're missing sort of that spark and to get us over the line. What are your thoughts on a Bamiyang? If you had to describe the Arsenal performance or Bamiyang's performance, they kind of go hand in hand. Um, both you would have to say started both halves well, looked bright, and then just he fizzled out. Well. Um, I can't fault the guy's effort at the minute, slightly pleasing. I know that sounds ridiculous because that's not what we pay him for, is the effort, it's the end product. That's that's Aubameyang's game, low touch player, um, who scores goals. That's what he's done his whole career, and you just painful to watch because he scored a goal, and you think, right, maybe now, maybe now he might come back. Um, Maybe we're thinking that's, you know, maybe that's not a realistic thought to have um, when you look at how the team's performed so far this season overall. Let me ask but you yeah, a question. Yeah, what's the question? Yeah, go for it. Um, so do we persevere, okay, and keep playing him and mm-hmm. hope he turns good and finds his form? Or do you drop him and risk knocking his confidence, confidence. even more? Now, if this was someone like Pepe and Willian, you'd say drop him. Because in my eyes, Aubameyang... You know, he earned that captaincy. Abarring has been our best player for years. And, mm. you know, he, he, he is where he is based on merit. So I think from that point of view, you could argue, you know, he, he's, he's merited that sort of time and patience, whereas other players haven't. So what, what would you do? A really, really tricky one because, you know, strikers want to score goals. Simple as that. And they're disappointed when they don't. And sometimes that's regardless of the result as well. As much as they'll come out in a post-match interview and say it's all about getting three points. Strike the judge from scoring goals. Um, it's so hard, you know, because his confidence got to be pretty low right now. And I think I think we can all see it because there was even a few times in the game yesterday where he did kind of cut in and you're thinking, go on, hit it. Like, you know, we see him do it against Fulham first game of the season. We see him do it against Liverpool. Um, 
in the charity shield and where he bends it into that far corner and yeah he's not really taking them on anymore um so that's for me that's a clear indicator that the confidence isn't where it was which is obvious do you take a risk in dropping him at this point the the, the natural question that comes in straight away to me is who goes in there in his place because well, naturally martinelli would would be the only well you could play you could play Saka there as well yeah or willian even Anyone who pulls on an Arsenal shirt, really, you wish them to to perform, perform well and, you know, fight for the badge. That's what we all want to see. I do think, you know, he is putting in the effort and it's something, and I'm not going to compare the two, but towards the end of Sanchez's Arsenal career, it was one thing I thought that actually masked his poor performances, funnily enough. Um, I used to think that, because it's something that we love um, in England, is work rate and, you know, get stuck in and, you know, give it 100% and show that you really want it and all that sort of stuff. We love it. Um, and Sanchez was all about that. You know, he was just getting stuck in and he was quite poor towards the end of his Arsenal career, in my opinion. Yeah, he scored some good goals. Um, but he used to give the ball away a lot, but it was marked. People used to go, well, you know, he's working hard and, you know, he's not scoring as frequently, but he's working hard for the team. And I just think Aubameyang just needs... It's just, I don't even know where to where to start sometimes or even where to begin, where to start, where to finish, what to do in the middle. Maybe that's how he feels as a player himself. I mean, it's tough, isn't it? I think there's an argument for and against, like I read an interesting, an interesting tweet today suggesting that maybe we should focus our, our, our game more around his, his play, but I don't really agree with that. I think, it's not only that, he's too old for us to... I wouldn't ever want us to build around somebody who's over 30, no, to be perfectly honest with you. Unless I, I, it's someone freak of nature like Abram- uh, not Abramovich, Ibrahimovic yeah. or, or Ronaldo, or these sorts of guys. You know what it kind of draws comparison with, though? Just just finish off on it real quick. Um, you remember when we were linked with Jamie Vardy? Yeah. He's Absolutely. such a prick, isn't he? he can, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's the sort of prick you'd want on your side. Such though, a chap. That's for sure. Um, oh, yeah, he's a massive chav, but I love. You can't not admire his. No, I don't like him. Tenacity and his and his style of play. He's a good finisher, but I never really wanted him at Arsenal. Not for any of the reasons you've just outlined there, but I just Jamie never Vardy saw him couldn't even in. spout tenacity. Let's be fair. You're oh, sorry. <laughs> Jamie Vardy couldn't even spout tenacity. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, but for me, it was a case of I just never saw him fitting our style of play. And then we played in the Euros that summer and he was up front for England and it just didn't work. He only works in a team who break the way that Leicester used to and still do now. Um, and that, if you want to play Aubameyang centrally, that's the sort of style of football you'd have to play. But um, he, doesn't, this... he, doesn't, he doesn't work centrally. He, he doesn't. No. He looks like a fish out of water when he's in that number number nine role. It's because we're not, we're not playing to the we're not playing the way in which would suit his style of play as a central striker. We are all about slow. You know, we're a build-up team. Set is obsessed with crosses. We just love whipping in crosses. That's not his game, really, either. He's you know how many goals did you see it before he joined him? It's just him breaking through, running the channels, getting the through ball. Off he goes, slots it. That's and Vardy was very similar to that as well. Just quick break utilise the space when it's there. And that's just not how we play. And that's, that's, my, that's, the, we'll and that's, and that's the end of Jamie Vardy because I, I, don't, I don't like him. No, that's fine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> good let's, footballer. Let's, yeah, no, good football. Let's let's talk about um, Pepe only briefly mm. because we've talked about him yeah. so many times and for the listeners who do tune in every week, they probably don't want to listen to, them, to our conversation for the 15th time. 
Um, yeah. I honestly think we have to cut our losses with him because it, yeah, it's been a year and a half now and he's just making mm-hmm. zero progress. And like you text me saying, he has so little influence in that game. He did nothing. Oh, it's it's, it's just, I think it's more, it creates more of a toxic atmosphere than anything. And, it, and it's just like the elephant in the room every week. And mm. you, you sort of, I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't see any way around it unless... Yeah. Unless something dramatically changes between now and summer and he actually does find a bit of form from somewhere, which, let's again, let's be perfectly honest, I, I've seen nothing from him. Actually, nothing's a bit harsh. We've seen glimpses of pure brilliance from him in the last year and a half. But two, but two years basis. is a long no. time. And for any, any um, you know, you you know, overseas player coming into the Premier League, you give them the first year. You get, you do get a bit of a free pass. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, when you come, and you are heavily judged in that second season because you should know. You know, he hasn't had any. You know, he hasn't been out injured, and he's had plenty of opportunity to get to know the English game. He looks incredibly lightweight still, which is quite surprising because you'll see a lot of players come overseas with his sort of, you know, his sort of figure where he's. Not overly, you know, he's quite slight, isn't he? Like legs are quite slim. He's a slim build chap, but you've seen so many times where lads come over and they realise the physicality of the, the English game, and they're like, right, I need to build myself up. I need to make sure I'm physically ready to take on the challenge of the Premier League. I just don't think he's done that. No, he has no influence on the game. Yes, like no. When he gets the ball, you know exactly what he's going to do before he does it, and then every time, if he doesn't, if he doesn't cut in and cross it, he just passes it back. Uh, and it's, it's it's a slow pass as well. There's no there's no sense of urgency to his play. It's very, I'm just going to do this at my own pace. But I think training. I think that I think that rings true of a lot of our, of our uh, players at the moment. We've got so many players who, who constantly slow the play down when you know mm. we've got opportunities to break forward and and, mm. and really put the opposition under pressure. We've talked about it to death, and I don't really know what else to say. Let's see where we are in August. I think I've said this to you recently. Is him tried on the front left just to see if that would work because like you said the thing we always know he's going to do is he'll he'll beat a man down the right but he's always always got to bring it back on his left so if he can beat the man over five ten yards and start whipping in some more crosses start whipping in some more crosses then maybe there might be something there look yeah no i agree with that actually that's that's definitely that's definitely some food for thought but much like you, I, I do think it's so hard because of the financial strain. That's that's you know it's, it's like a ball and chain, isn't it? You know, you love talking about the financials, don't you? Yeah, because it's an a, important part. It's makes important makes part your game. makes your heart race. It doesn't make my heart race, unfortunately. <laughs> it makes my heart sink from an Arsenal perspective. I can imagine you get into bed at night and get some spreadsheets out. Get the calculator out. The yeah. calculator. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one thing I'm hammering away in bed, and that's me calculator. Jesus, no. Um, <laughs> just sat with the. To be honest, with it's just one of those where it, it needs to be taken into consideration because the amount we put into it. And look, if we went to push him on this summer, Jesus Christ! I mean, look, I'll ask you the question: How much do you think you could sell Nicolas Pepe for this summer coming? I think you'd be pushing to get thirty million. You'd do well to get thirty million in the exactly. current market, but also yeah. I don't think who's who's going to who's going to buy him. You look at some are just gone. We could not shift anyone. No one was interested, and, and the players we did get rid of only loans. No one's spending any money, so mm. difficult, really difficult. Yeah, it is really, it's a really tricky. Look, 
ideal situation would be for Pepe to find his feet before the end of the season, bangs in a couple of goals, puts in some performances, and at least gives us a shred of hope that next season he could be a you know a high contributor to this starting eleven or just the squad in general. But right now it's not good enough, is it? The, the only thing even gross of William is at least we didn't pay. Well, obviously we've paid a lot for him in, in wages and fees, but we didn't spend seventy million on him. So. Here's another question for you that's just popped into my mind then. This one's controversial. You're going to love this. Who's, actually, now how do I phrase this question? Who's worse, Willian or Pepe? That is a tough question. Isn't it? This season, I'd say Willian. Um, I'd say Pepe's been better, but you're winning no medals for, for that one. Yes, not the yet. Better it's, of two it's evils, really. Yeah, it's like who's going to get the wooden spoon, really? No. One of you. Um, it's not been it. great, though, unfortunately. And it's funny, isn't it? Because we hoped that when Will- when William came in, that he'd be, you know, good for Pepe. Uh, and they're both, they've both been outshone by a 19-year-old left winger, initially. No, absolutely. Um, we touched upon at the start uh, of the podcast, we were talking about uh, some of the young performances from mm. Willick and Nelson. Ainsley and Mate and Niles came in for Tierney last night, left back. Mm-hmm. His performance left a lot to the imagination. It wasn't the best, was it? No. Um, tough night for, for Ainsley, that's for sure. Um, because, you know, what, like we've spoke about with, you know, Willock and, and um, Nelson in the Newcastle game, when these guys get handed a chance, slightly, you know, actually, I'm not going to compare him to the other two because he is, he is slightly ahead of them. Uh, you know, he's got England caps, for example, um, and he has done well in that left wing back position, which is slightly different. But he, he just had a really tough night. Um, he just didn't look comfortable throughout the game, um, playing in that left back position. He gave the ball away quite a lot. Is it, is it unfair to be, you know, incredibly harsh on his performance last night? Possibly. You always take into consideration the lack of playing time he's had. My immediate thought when someone says that is, yeah, but you, you train every day. You know, I know matches are different to training, but if the intensity is not, it's not the same. Um, but when you're a professional footballer, you should be very familiar with the players that you're playing around. Uh, you know, when you look at that starting lineup, you know, you've got David Luiz, Xhaka and Aubameyang to kind of play around. You know, he's training with these guys on a regular basis. He knows their strengths. He should obviously know his own. It, it, just nothing went for him yesterday. No. wasn't fun to watch, especially in the first half. I thought he was better just, in the second. Just kept giving the ball away, missing tackles. Yeah. Just the, just the, above anything, it was just the basics he wasn't doing right. He just looked yeah. so lost in, in, in that position. And um, disappointing. How frustrated were you, though? Sorry, Sorry, Steve. How frustrated were you though? When he, he showed one sign of something good in the second half, good footwork, got a you know a weak shot away, and he was whipped then straight he, afterwards. Then I, then he was, so, I was like, yeah, Jesus, he's just found his feet. Like a little bit unfair, yeah. but I think it was justified. I don't think he had a good game. Whether mm. you want to argue that he's low on confidence or not, he just wasn't good enough last night um, and disappointing. Yeah. So that's why you're not making the team. Yeah, no, it, I text you that saying what's going on here because usually it's rare that you would see. Arteta mix up his formation during the middle of the game. That's what I thought was happening. I got kind of a little bit excited to begin with. And then, yeah, you quickly text me saying that Saka's going to left back. And I was like, all right, yeah. So it's it's more of a like for like. He's just shifting yeah. around players. And, uh, and, you know, the, the system remained the same. Because that's something that I do think Arteta lacks a little bit. If we're being critical of the manager, that's just being able to flex the... 
the actual formation during the middle of the game. He's very much a like-for-like substitution, man. Yeah. And obviously, Thomas Potty was back in the team. Which That's a positive. Yeah. It was lovely to see him back. He looks such a beast in that midfield. I'm, I'm so excited to yeah. see him on the regular. It's, yeah. He's, a, he's such a boost. Such a boost. And we're, we're very fortunate to have someone of his level. Not mm. that we've seen that I much mean, of him yet, but... No. But no, I agree. Someone of, you know, he's Champions League quality. He is. Um and he's playing for us at the minute, which we're, we, you know, we're quite far from that Champions League at the minute. But yeah, it was great to see him come back in. Um, I still think he's obviously natural, a little bit of rust because he he has been injured. Um, there was a little bit of rust to his touch every now and again. But no, look, you can see the 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 impact he's going to have on that centre mid. And like you, and I'm probably like everybody else who's supporting Arsenal, I can't wait to see him get a good run of games into his legs and you know, really make that midfield his own. And that's the kind of player that we should be looking to build a team around. I'm not saying that he's going to be the creative player by any stretch of the imagination, but that's a player that if you build a right team around him, he can be solid for us for the next five years. No, I, I, I definitely agree with that. But yeah, do you, do you think uh, party will start on, on Monday? Yeah, no, I do. I think he'll start against Newcastle, no doubt. If he's fit, then he's good to go. What are your thoughts yeah. are on the game? We've both gone for another win. Very optimistic, mm-hmm. but based on, on what I saw in the FA Cup, I think, it, and, and let's be honest, Newcastle are a pretty poor football team. Listen, we, we say we're poor, but they're, they're a lot worse worse off than we are. Are you confident going into this game? <laughs> I'm so uh, apprehensive to say yes, because I said yes yesterday. Um, no, you have to be. We beat them with extra time, obviously, not even a week ago. So... Sometimes you worry when you play teams back to back like this because you feel like they'll figure out your game pretty pretty quickly and you know they'll 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 have some uh, immediate experience to draw back on during the middle of a game. But still, yeah, I think you should be going into this game. And you know, like we just touched on, I do think like you, I think party should be back into that centre mid. It'll be a very um, not massively different, but there'll be a different starting eleven as well uh, for that fixture. I just want us to. I just want us to start winning our home games again um, and getting the performances at home because we should, like any team, you should be making your home games or making the Emirates a tough place to come. I know it's different without supporters, of course, uh, but it's still your turf, right? There's pride involved. Um, and when it comes to football, pride's, pride's a massive driver. It always was for me when I played and I didn't play, I didn't play in front of fans. And trust me, you never wanted to be beat at home and you always like giving it to the other team on, on their own ground. So I want us to start, you know, making the Emirates a, a hard place to come again because right now it's not. I think as confident as I am, I can see this being another Palace, another Burnley. Mm-hmm. Newcastle are going to sit deep again, just like the FA Cup game, and yeah. we're going to sh- and it, and it's going to be one of those games where we're trying to break them down. But we'll see. You know, I'm always confident. Like you said, you know, these are the sort of games you need to be winning. Yeah. These are the sort of games you need to get. You know, you need to be on bank and. We can't be afford. We've we've dropped so many points at home this season. We can't afford to keep dropping more points at home. Yeah, like we said earlier, it's one it's one win in seven at the Emirates. Um, so let's make Boy, that two it? wins in eight for the love. You of know God. what? Um, I'd actually fancy us more for away from home. It's crazy. No, I do agree with you. Yeah, I mean, you look at you know all our good performances generally are coming away from home. Um, yeah, I just much like last night. Um, you know you. My main thing, you know, the main thing I wanted to take away from last night was three points. That was it. I didn't look. That performance is always a bonus, 
But ultimately, as we all know, cliche, but football's a results business. Um, so do you ever want? I just wanted to keep winning. Let's just keep trying to get back up the table. Last night was a slight uh, stumbling block for those aspirations. But let's let's just, as they say, as the club like to say, dust ourselves down. Let's just go again. We'll leave it there. Um, and just for the listeners, as always, thanks for joining us uh, on the latest podcast. Uh, as always, we hope you enjoyed the listen. I think, Steve, we'll, we haven't discussed it yet, but we'll probably be back on Tuesday uh, to discuss the, the game against Newcastle. Until then, thanks a lot for listening. We look forward to welcoming you back. And Steve, I'll catch you next Tuesday. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye.